This is the Simply Love Jesus podcast. We explore life and faith through the lens of one question, which is what does it mean to simply love Jesus? My name is Caleb, and I hope you had an incredible Easter weekend. This is it's the Easter weekend. What do you gotta say? Easter Sunday. He is risen. Mm. Yeah, risen indeed. <laughs> uh I hope you're having a great week. I hope you had a great weekend. I I feel exhausted but refreshed. You, you know, if if you don't know anything about Christians, if you just stumbled across this podcast this past weekend, once a year, Christians we celebrate the day, the monumental historical event that Jesus rose from the grave he died he was murdered wrongfully murdered but he sacrificed himself so that we could be liberated from our selfishness and that in fact we could be empowered by god to prepare the world for when jesus returns and to bring good news and to help this world be liberated from its selfish nature that we could all live in the kingdom of god where every tear will be wiped away and all that is wrong with this world will be made right through the love and the power and the glory of God. And man, I, I've been enjoying this season of, I've been involved in a couple of churches for a while, trying to find a church home as I moved back to Atlanta, transitioned out of student ministry and, you know, trying to, you know, now build a career as an author and a speaker. And so now first time in over 10 years, I haven't really been working at a church And so now that I moved back to Atlanta, it's been an interesting opportunity to now have to find like a church home and to just, you know, be the world's greatest volunteer. (laughs) And so it's been really fun exploring different churches and meeting different people. Uh, But this past weekend, I uh, was volunteering at what will become my you know my church home when it officially launches but hillsong church if you know hillsong worship you know really well known global global church and hillsong is planning a church in atlanta and so after just prayer and consideration and hearing their vision like that's as long as i'm in atlanta and you know unless god's got different plans uh, that's where i plan to camp out and make that my church home and so this weekend I was able to help them with their Easter service and and to help volunteer and just greet people and just be a friendly face and it was just a wonderful experience I had Natalie Grant and she rocked a house and Pastor Sam Collier and Pastor Tony Collier his wife they co-pastor this church and they just have a beautiful vision to reach the city of Atlanta and to just build a diverse and just oh just a beautiful beautiful church but anyways that was my weekend experience glad i could share it with you (laughs) and just my my afterthoughts uh it's been an exhausting week though it it really has it's been a lot of planning we if you don't know we have a youtube channel so you can go on youtube and look look up simply love jesus and we just work really hard to just make no matter what platform we're on it that content that we create is catered to those who would watch that content so our youtube videos are very different from our podcasts they're short and concise and precise and something else that ends with ice <laughs> it is we just work really hard to make the youtube videos high quality and i don't know why i'm saying we because in this process when it comes to creating content and editing it and publishing it it's really all me 
if you want to change that, by all means, hit me up in a DM and let me know because, man, you would save me a lot of time. But anyways, go follow our YouTube channel, Simply Love Jesus. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SLJ Ministries. And if you really wanted to be an encouragement to me personally, you could join our team as an encourager. Encouragers are people who support Simply Love Jesus financially. These are people who are just drawn by our vision. Our mission as an organization is to influence and inspire all people to live a life that starts and revolves around loving Jesus. And so we do that by trying to reach young adults. I'm passionate about young adults and teenagers, and I believe they are the heart, they are the passion, they are the fire that can truly drive ministry to a whole nother level. Um, I believe they are the next generation, and I really believe in investing in young adults and teenagers. And so that's who we target, but really it's for all people. And so when you become an encourager, it's choosing to come alongside us and to be part of our team and to help us to take that mission and to drive it even, even further. And so I really encourage you to be an encouragement to all of us who, who are part of the Simply Love Jesus team and become an encourager. <laughs> Another way that you would just truly be a blessing to me is if you listen to this via Apple and like Apple Podcasts to leave a review on this on this episode or leave a review on this on our podcast show and so that other people can discover it. And if you don't listen through Apple, you listen through Spotify or Pandora or where or Amazon Echo or wherever you're listening from, that you would share this episode with one person. And you would just say like, hey, like this is something that's been on my heart. I've been really challenged by these episodes. I would love if you listen to this one. It's really cool. And speaking of this episode, today in this episode, I'm so excited because the, the I don't know what it is. Maybe you can follow us on Instagram and, and let us know why you think I'm excited about it. But I just think it's so cool that for our Easter weekend episode, we're having another conversation. Except this conversation on the Easter weekend episode we're having a conversation with an atheist and i don't know why but i just think that's so cool i just think this is the coolest thing and in this episode we are talking with mr joey chandler joey chandler he's a purpose coach and you're gonna learn more about that in this episode but if you want to learn more uh, after the episode is over um if you look in the show notes i'm gonna give you a couple links uh his website joeychandler.net and you'll be able to learn more about his coaching. And if you are interested, he's a purpose coach and he helps people. He coaches them through their life and through their any issues that they have through the lens of helping them refine and understand their their purpose in life. And like, I'll tell you, I'm not just saying this. I'm not just saying this because I had him on as a guest. I like after our episode, I did a, a coaching session with him. And oh my goodness, like it was so encouraging. He's just such a kind and genuine and person who just desires to help people discover their purpose and it was just truly amazing and so if you enjoy this episode and you want to get connected with joey i really i recommend him i really do he is a wonderful person now originally this episode was going to be split up into a couple of episodes and I just knew I just knew because as I was listening to this I was like I can't split this up. This is just this is a one episode episode and it's going to be really long. And so I'm so sorry because our episodes are not usually over an hour long, but this one is. And I'm already going to make it even longer by making such a long intro, which I usually don't have such a long intro, but you know what? 
it's Easter. We're going hard. We're going hard. All right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go the distance. And so go the distance with me because it really is worth it. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think. Share this with someone. I mean, yeah. It, without further ado, so I can I can stop talking and you can enjoy the content we have for you today. Here is Joey Chandler, Purpose Coach. Well, dude, how are you doing? Doing, doing pretty good. I'm, um, uh, I, my business is going, um, I've been talking to a bunch of actors and people in the film and TV role about my work. Wow. Cause basically actors need to know who they are so they can play somebody else. This, yeah. This is essentially what that's, uh, that's very important. They need to, yeah, that is a great point. I have a, fr- a couple of friends of mine who are, who are actors and, and hearing about their world is always interesting. <laughs> I would, I, I totally love it. I would love it. If you, if you, if you could give me an invite, if you, I, I'm just, I'm talking to as many actors as I can mm. um, because I think my, I think my process is really helpful for them because it does two things. One, it helps them um, figure out who they are so they can play somebody else. Mm-hmm. But then it also helps them figure out who they are so they can take care of themselves. Yeah. Because, because the acting world is brutal. Yeah. It's, it's, your entire life is judgment. Your, you know? your entire life is, is uh, a roller coaster of emotions. So yeah. it's. And, and, and people being like, well, you're the good enough or not good enough, or you're mm-hmm. good enough, but you're great, but you're not what we want. You know? Yeah. So, I can only imagine like the people, like people who do like method acting, like the really hardcore, they get in character. Like I can imagine some of them may have like trauma built up from taking on a character and it's like they take on that character so much it's like they it's like yeah and and that honestly is the the upper five percent of actors oh yeah that's like the christian bales and the heath ledgers and like the i think they said 80 to 90 percent of actors never make twenty thousand dollars on their acting wow it's like so those people that have the time to be method actors yeah it's a whole nother game the vast majority of people are struggling to get parts and you know and just go through that whole mm, that is crazy so yeah. so th- what was it about like working with actors that you that you kind of just fell into was it just kind of like you took one client and you're just like oh this works really well for these guys or was it like well, no someone- i'm still i'm still in the process of kind of uh, researching that that thing it was <laughs> it was being in rooms and hearing over and over again um, from casting directors and producers and directors and that side is like you need to learn how to bring your full self to the role that's mm. kind of a clot you know we've, even you and i have heard that even if we're not actors yeah your full self to the role now i know nothing about the role part that's how yeah. to act but the bringing your full self part that's what i do, mm. I, do it, I do it very well yeah and, um and so i'm like it, uh uh, so I'm just starting to, do, I just was like, I want to talk to actors and, and producers. And today I, you know, um, today I talked with someone who is, you know, just getting started, somebody who had done, um, she had done two to 300 of shows of a, a, a one woman show that she had written and um, an executive and an executive, uh, somebody who was on the finance side mm. and all three of them could use my work in different ways. Wow. So that's, it's, it's really exciting. 
Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. So, so uh, you mentioned it briefly before, but especially for like the listeners, like the podcast. So give me paint a picture of what it is that you do. Is it simply just like life coaching or is it like kind of more specific? How would you like define what it is that you do? Yeah, it's, um, I call it a purpose coach. And, uh, for me to, what I say about this is I say purpose means a couple of things. I mean, I say, we all have something at our core something like love, joy, happiness, excitement, mm-hmm. freedom, something like that. And our purpose, why we are here is to experience and share that thing. Mm. Now, where that core comes from is can be up for debate, spirit, soul, energy, miracle of the human body. You know, yeah. that, that part can be up for, I, I don't spend any time debating that part. Yeah. Um, and then, but we have this thing at our core. And then the question is, is how can you, uh, help yourself experience more of that thing and how can you help others experience more of it mm. and- yeah that's interesting so uh tell me a little bit i guess i guess about like the history about the uh, behind that like the history of like w- at what point in your life did you really that do you feel like that's like how you wanted to define it how was that shaped and sharpened just let, let me in on that journey yeah uh, it, was, it was it was it was like five six years ago it wasn't very mm. long i was doing uh, uh, tribute videos for people. So these are videos where if you want to do say a video for your dad, yeah, we get 30 or 40 or 50 of his best people saying what they love and appreciate about him. Mm. Dad is amazing and brilliant and a great friend and you know, those sorts of things. Yep. And we Sorry, if you, those, hear, if you hear banging, someone's doing construction outside my house. <laughs> you know, <made> construction <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> um, uh, so we take all those and put it in a video and he showed it at a birthday party or a, a retirement or an anniversary or something of that sort. And I did several hundred of those videos and somewhere along the way, I started to see that there was always a theme in the video. The person was about love or joy or happiness and it wasn't super overt, but it was always, and it, it took me a while to see it. It wasn't like I saw it right away. It took me 50 or hundred of those videos to really see. But once I saw it, I saw it everywhere. And then I was reading books, uh, you know, um, the Simon Sinek's Understand Your Why and various people talking about purpose. And it dawned on me that that theme that I was seeing, that was that person's purpose. That's it's how it shows up in their actions and their interactions because it was already there. Because I did videos from seven people from seven to 90 all over the world. And it mm. didn't matter who they were, didn't matter if they were famous, if they were an everyday person, there was always a theme. And it's uh, I, to me that said, wow, we, we have something at our core. It's something that's already there. And I had done enough coaching. I had bought, involved in various um, leadership courses. And I realized that yeah, we had to figure out how to get that thing from the background of our lives to the foreground. So that you can mm. make greater use of it. Yeah. Um, and that was five, six years ago. I spent the last, you know, that time since then developing a process to help people identify who they are. And honestly, this takes a couple of questions. And then the question is, is um, because we all have far more experience being who we think we should be rather than who we actually are. Once you identify who you are, you have to go out and what I call build up your purpose muscles. And you take actions and have conversations and put in habits and routines that are based on who you are, that thing at your core, rather than who you think you, you know, you needed to be. That's super interesting. I, I love that, like just a, that explanation of your process and, and just hearing that even from your own words. So it's not, I mean, as you've talked about, like you're a whole, you're a purpose coach, like your whole process is all about purpose. It's all about helping people understand their pers- purpose and, and really navigating through that. So 
so I guess let me ask you this question. Like, why, why do you feel purpose is so important to you? Like, what is it about purpose that you just gravitate towards? Cause it's, it's one thing to hear it as like a theme in other people, but for you, it just sounds more of a personal connection for purpose. And so what was it, what is it about purpose that is so important to you? Purpose is at the foundation of every, everything you do. You think of every marketing course that you do, every leadership course, every copywriting course, every acting course, somewhere in their lines, like, okay, let's talk about who you are. Mm. And, and they spend, you know, five minutes, you know, doing that, or they spend an hour doing that. But, but they, I had the benefit of those videos. Like uh, I was able to, cause I knew that video was there. I know I can do a video for you. We get 30 or 40 or 50 people put all that video together. There'd be some theme. And that theme is a reflection of your purpose. It's like, mm. I, I knew that. So I knew that thing was there. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter who I was talking to. In all honesty, the mistake that I made is I made it too complicated. For the past four or five years, I was like trying to put together like really complicated programs with different things and suggestions and all this stuff. And what I come to realize is that what, what the best thing that I can do is I can help people identify their purpose, that thing at their core, and then really create the space to help them answer how can I help myself experience more of that and how can I help others mm. and yeah. and what um uh and, and I guess the other driver of like why it's important because it just works so well if you want to have conversations with people that are different than you you can say hey you know what I'm about like me I'm about people being free and freedom to me means uh curiosity and connection and uh, a sense of achievement and mm of service and having systems in place to support all that that's my definition of freedom yeah and i can i can then i can ask other people like hey what does freedom mean to you and then we can talk about it and, and mm. what gets in your way or how do you think that shows up and it just allows you know i can have that conversation really with anybody mm. that's yeah. really cool i love that uh so as you've like so you've been doing this for you said like five years now right mm -hmm. awesome so in those five years who has been the most memorable client you've had? A couple of days ago, I, I scheduled a call with a young actor and we, we started a call and I have a form that I'll, I'll, I'll give to you. You can put in the show notes that people fill out. It just takes a few minutes and helps identify mm. their thing at their core because it, it's actually not hard to figure out. Yeah. And we figured out that her thing was about love. So we're, we're having, we're just having a conversation and she tells me that she, she is like the next day or not, sorry, the next hour, right after she's done talking to me, she's going to do her makeup and then do a, uh, send it, uh, film an audition tape, you know, with COVID and everything, people are filming auditions in their houses and then mailing them in. And she's doing that like right after we get done. And honestly, that made me a little bit worried because I don't want to give coaching to someone right before they do something. Cause I don't, yeah. you know, you don't want to get messed with people's heads. So I was really like, I'm like, okay, very, very just, just talking. And, and we're talking about what love means to her. And then she starts to describe how the character that she is looking to play is, she's like, is love is so much a part of her, uh, of, of this character. And she's mm. like, oh, this is exciting. But I started to feel her kind of pump herself up. You know, she's like, she's going to bring the love, you know, kind of get all excited, <laughs> you know, like how to, and, and again, this is where I was really nervous, but I just said, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I acknowledge that. And I just said, you know what? Because you don't have to pump yourself up because you're already about love. You just bring yourself and that's going to bring your best definition or your, your best expression of love, the most authentic, because you just be yourself. 
and, and then we, you know, we end up the call and she goes off and I run into her actually in a clubhouse room two or three hours later. And I was just like, oh, how'd it go? And she's like, oh my gosh, it was the best audition I've ever had. That's and awesome. Was, and, and she's been doing a bunch of work, so it's not entirely me, but she's like, I could just be myself. I just felt like I could just bring love completely and I didn't have to worry about being anything else. I just could be myself. And, and I was, and it totally blew me away. Cause I, you know, again, I had no idea. This is, this was literally somebody who talked to for maybe 30 minutes and right before she acted. And, but it's the idea is, is that we have this thing at our core. And when we give ourselves permission to be that, and, and I'll say this, it's very, very difficult to do this by yourself. You need someone else to kind of give you the permission to be your full self. Um, the permission that I had was all those videos. You know, I spent hours, you know, not hours, years watching people say nice things about each other. So I knew that we all had something at our core. That was, that's, the, that's what gave me permission to be myself. Cause I didn't have anybody asking me these questions. But what I do for people is I just give them permission to be themselves. Mm. We do that. Then, then it's so like who we are is right under the surface. It's not like this deep, hard thing to figure out It's right there and you can just unleash it. Mm. she did and i don't know if she got the role you know who you know holly was a whole another thing like in terms of yeah role but she herself felt she was so and she was pumped up and super excited so i that was that was the most memorable one you know recently i got i got lots but that was very very exciting oh that's amazing i i love that that is such a cool story to see there's like the instant result and the instant like oh, this totally worked. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, like the immediate, like, it's so rare, especially for like people in my world. It's so rare for you to see like instant results. It's always just like you're cultivating these things over time and you hear it like years later and then, oh, wow, that's so cool. But like for you to be able to have like that instant result is just, it's such a cool story. And I love that. Um, so you kind of talk a little bit about, you know, how, why purpose is important to you um has it has do you think purpose has always been important or do you feel like it's been like kind of like a journey or tell us like i guess a little bit about your journey almost well i i'm gonna say i've been about people being free my whole life yeah i mean i can look back at I, i'm a skier and a mountain biker and and um social justice you know i, I, fight, I fought against i fight against racism all these different things that freedom show up mm. I, give, I give people great permission to be be themselves yeah well, um, maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, I was managing a sporting goods store mm. and, and, and I had worked myself up from selling shoes to becoming a manager and, mm -hmm. and I was managing like 90 people. But what I was very, very best at in that whole journey was selling shoe running shoes. <clears throat> that was like, but that's just what I was best at. And what I would do is everybody who came into my store, my, my aisle, um, I treated them like an athlete. I just said, mm. hey, what are you training for? Now, this was San Francisco in the, uh, you know, uh, 2010s, that era. So the chances are of somebody running, be training for a race was actually very high. So it wasn't yeah. a far stretch. And so I just would treat people like that. So I gave people great freedom. And I was, I, it, it made me very, very good. Uh, and then I got promoted up. And, and honestly, I wasn't as good at giving people as great freedom as I started into management. I wasn't as good and I ended up getting fired from that role. I just wasn't as effective, mm. but I can look through my life and see places where I have been very, very good at helping people experience freedom and places where I've struggled. Yeah. 
So it was always there. And it, it took those videos just to say, get me thinking, well, huh, I wonder what's there for me. Mm. And that was, you know, that was, that was my journey. So I think our purpose is always there. Like if, if you think of it's part of a spirit or soul and energy, then maybe it was there before we were born or after we were born. Mm. Maybe it's, maybe it's part of the human body. You know, like I, I don't know, again, I don't debate that part, but if it was there when we were young, if it was there at that point, then it was there before any of the traumas that we experienced. It's there before any of the bad, you know, um, people experience lots of trauma and that I don't want to know, I'm not stepping over that, but that trauma is not the cause of your purpose. Your purpose yeah. is already there. What we have to do is kind of, uh, I look at it like a foundation of a house that's covered in weeds and, and junk. And so that foundation's already there. We got to just put brush away the weeds so that we can build up on it. Mm, that's really cool. Tell me a little bit about like your family. So you got wife, kids. I have a 13 year old. My wife and I are separating. We're, we mm. just separated uh, in November. So we're, we're just kind of at the beginning mm. of after almost 20 years of marriage. Wow. 20 years of dating. Really. Yeah. Um, and that was, that's been a, we're at the point where it's not, we're not, I'm not going to say I'm happy about it, but it's the right decision. Mm. The, there was just a little, we weren't able to connect on some core things and we were blaming each other for stuff. And so I think it was better to like, let's, let's separate and, and make this and see if we can be better friends and parents rather than, you know, romantic partners. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's, 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 you know, that's, a, that's, that's tough, but it, yeah. again, it's the right. It's the right decision. Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel like it's going for you on your, like on your end, you say you're like not necessarily happy about it, but it's, you feel like it's the right decision. How do you, have you like wrestled with that? Yeah. Cause the thing is I've learned a ton about myself. Yeah. And I, and I would have liked to think that I could have learned all what I've learned and still be married. Mm. The fact is that I didn't mm. is that it was separating doing cause we went to therapy and I did work and it wasn't, it, it, we're not blaming each other, but we've done very well in the separation, probably better than the marriage part. Mm. Uh, but so if I could have said, you know what, I could have learned this before, then I might be more upset. But the fact is I learned it after we separated. So I could, I can't say, I have to say that the separation uh, has benefited me in some way, or has, mm. has, has allowed me to grow in ways that I wasn't in the marriage. Yeah. And you said you got, uh, you both have a 13 year old. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So how is, uh, how is he doing? Or here, I forget it was a boy or a girl. Girl. Well, yeah, I, okay. COVID honestly is probably a bigger problem for him. Yeah, you know, he wants to be playing baseball and doing going skiing and you know all the stuff that any eighth grade boy, you know, ought to be doing. And yeah, it's just, and it's all you know, it's not just him, but it's everybody's all messed up with that. Yeah. So this was a bummer. Um, he he's good in it. Um, you know, it's a day by day sort of thing. Sometimes it's better than others. But I, I do think the COVID is probably has a bigger impact, would be my guess. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, and it's especially good if, you know, you and um, you and the mom there, you guys have, have like a, um, a civil, like a civil, like there's not, every time you're getting together, it's not just you like shouting at each other and having these, what would, you know, create a 
kind of a testimony for a kid is like a real like broken home. Um, and, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people who the parents are separated, but thankfully because of the way they, their dynamic work, the kid never had, and he's an adult now, but he never really grew up with feeling like he came from a broken home, which was, it's just a blessing for, for him. And so, yeah, but I'm sorry about that. Cause it's never, it's never. It's never yeah. You know, I mean, it, chances are you're going to mess up your kid some way. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully this is, hopefully we will be able to do this. And, and more importantly, both of us, um, my wife and I, um, uh, hopefully we'll both be able to grow out of this in a way that we can both see it was a positive thing. Mm. We, want, we want to say that when we got married, it was the best thing that we did. And that, that still holds true. And we want to go say, you know, we, we're going to make, our, we're going to end this marriage and make that the best thing that we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really positive outlook. Um, so, but well, tell me more about, um, cause one of the things that was, you know, a big draw for me when I kind of reached out to you and stuff was one of the things like, I'm all about bringing just different people from different walks of life and different experiences and different stories, um, to be able to introduce to those who listen to my podcast to their stories and to hear those things, because, you know, for those like myself who are Christians, you know, there's a, there's a whole spectrum of people and different maturity levels and different experiences. And, you know, just like, you know, in a Christian life, it's just like people are kids and they grow up. There are people that they can be 40 years old, but spiritually they're still like a child. And so it's the, the goal that I had, especially for this segment, it's called conversations is bringing in people with diverse experiences and diverse backgrounds, diverse beliefs so that they can hear what it means um, to have a genuine conversation with people because as weird and as I, I like as elementary as it sounds, there are so many Christians out there who just don't even know what it means to have a natural conversation with someone who is not a Christian. And I really believe that if we learn how to just have genuine conversations with people, then it would help solve so many of the problems in our world. Um, especially because one of the core things that I believe and I teach all my students and teach anyone who I coach or whatever, I always tell them that people want to know that you care before they want to know what you care about. Um, and so one of the ways of this segment is showing what that looks like practically, showing people that you care before you tell them what they care about. Um, and so for you, I think like a big draw for me was the fact that you, you don't believe in God, like you don't believe that uh, God exists, or at least that's what I was originally told to believe. And for me, that was like, I wanted to come and hear your story and, and hear first and foremost, like what you do. And I love hearing how passionate you are about purpose and helping others find purpose and helping others. Like ever since you were younger, it was all about like, man, let me take photographs for people and help capture that authentic experience for you. And now it's about walking people through life and helping and still all about helping others. And I think that is just such a noble and admirable thing. Um, And I think because of all of that, you know, especially for those who may be listening to like the podcast, it'll be, kind of a kind of a, a world shatterer to think that like oh wow like an atheist like cares about people I'm like well of course I still care about people <laughs> and so that's what for me that's what it drew me and was excited to bring you on is not only hearing what you do but how that marries with um with the fact of you know your beliefs and so do me a favor and just kind of expound a little bit upon um how you're because at least for at least for like someone like me for me my you know my belief in jesus is every like that's my identity it's like it's everything it's my worldview it shapes my lifestyle it shapes everything but it may not be the case for everyone and so i would love for you to talk a little bit about how does 
at what role does faith play in your life? Is it as integral as it is for at least for me as a believer, like or someone who may be like me, or is it something that's more of just kind of like a box that's in a corner? That's kind of its thing. You open it up when you need to, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Just you tell me what you think and what your thoughts are. Yeah. I, so to to explain where I'm at now, I need to go back a few years. Yeah, go for it. What happened was uh, it was 2016 or 17, and I, I need to get this clear on this. Uh, uh, Me too happened. Mm. I woke up on it was October. It was it was an October 9th or something of that sort. Mm. On that on that day, I woke up. I had my purpose work had kind of started. I was starting to do that work, and so I was I was talking about freedom and 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 I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go out and talk about people being free when every woman I knew either had or had uh, had some version of a Me Too story. Mm. And to me, that meant, and I know I hadn't always been great. Um, uh, that to me, that meant that every man I knew either had their own Me Too story, or were the cause of a Me Too story. Mm. And I, I don't, um, I don't think that may be a hundred percent true, but that's how I felt at that time. Yeah, and yeah, I get um, that. And and it just really it hit me like, wow, like. Um, I was like, I, I have to like, it, cause all of a sudden I realized that I can't go out and talk about purpose. I can't go out and share the idea of freedom. If I'm gonna go talk to say, you know, a, a group of a hundred women, if I can't, don't even acknowledge the impact of, of, of systemic sexism and, and all of that stuff, my, if I don't, I can't experience that, but if I don't acknowledge it, then my message is not going to be received as powerfully. Mm. It's going to be like, that's a, bald white dude talking about you know stuff he doesn't know <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah that's that's it'd be like that's one thing for you to say but you don't know my life mm. and, I, and in that and i can remember waking up going like holy wow um and so what that started that started me to do was start to explore different systemic issues sexism racism different biases how those things impacted our ability mm. to experience and share our purpose and inside of doing that i said you know what I know I need to be talking to more men. I want to be talking to more men. I think more men need to be talking about all this stuff. So I typed into our, our local neighborhood group, men's, you know, does anybody have a men's group? And someone said, Hey, I got a men's group. It meets at a donut shop, which turned out to be three blocks from my house. And I said, awesome. And I get there and it turns out it's a men's group run by a church. Mm. And not only that, but run by a church who a good friend of mine uh, was the pastor at. Mm. So I, I, and I was like, well, it's at a donut shop three blocks from my house meets on Monday mornings, everything worked out. And I'm like, I'm atheist. If you guys will take me, I'll, I'll come. And this, my purpose work really, really helped me out because up until that point, I probably would have been very, um, uh, questioning and antagonistic in, inside the group. I would have been like, what do you mean? I would have been very, very just antagonistic. It wouldn't have worked. But I had done enough of my work where I was like, okay, I want them to be able to experience freedom while we're having talk. I want to be able to experience freedom and I want them to be able to experience freedom because that's who I am. And that forced me to listen, to just sit down. And as they talked about different aspects of, of, the, um, of the Bible and what it means to them and, and, and all sorts of different things, I had to listen. And that listening honestly taught me more about purpose and faith and all sorts of things than anything. And mm. the real cool part for me is that 
because um, it forced me to look at my program and say, okay, could I deliver my program as an atheist to other atheists? Can I deliver my program to, you know, devout Christians? It forced me to, and I had to go back and re rejigger stuff and be like, no, that wouldn't work. You know, I can't say that that wouldn't work. Mm. And that made my, my program, my approach better. And because, and that's been, I've been with that group now four years. I meet, I've wow. met with them every Monday for, for almost four years. I don't go to the church, but we read, you know, the, the um, they, they put together questions. They uh, a couple of Bible verses that they have for the, for the group each, each week. Hmm. We, you know, they were, they were the first people I told about my divorce or separation. They've been there through ups and downs. I've been there for them. And, and I, I learned a lot, uh, um, like one of the things that I, one of the best things I learned in that is, um, you know, purpose is a team sport. You, there's things that you will, you can only learn about yourself by being with other people. Mm. And it really makes me smile to think like when Jesus, when, when Jesus went to do his ministry, the first thing he did was he got his 12 buddies together and, you know, he got his, he didn't do it alone. He got his crew mm. together and he went out and did, you know, and started doing his work and, and he couldn't have done it by himself. He actually needed to have people. And in this age where so many of us are alone and isolated, to me, that is a, you know, that's a great reminder. It's not just about loving yourself. It's about being around other people, loving them, allowing them to love you. Mm, yeah. I love that story. And I just, I think that's incredible that you're still with like that men's group every Monday and they, and you still talk to them and you've built community there. And I think that's just a really cool thing in my opinion. Um, so where, so how long uh, did you grow, have you grown up? just being an atheist or was it something that was kind of transition at some point in your life or? No, that was my family. We, okay. Yeah. We just, I, I grew up never just, it, 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 I know it appeals to certain folks. It um, I, I'm a believer that there's some scientific reasons for things happening mm. that, that whole idea, you know, the butterfly to the hurricane, like there's some science that we, we don't understand, you know, we don't have the, the systems to be able to track it. Now, mm. if someone, if someone shows me that, but to me, that's a, those are mechanical actions, you know, mm. X causes Y, yeah. not a, um, an intellectual, um, there's not somebody who's, who's causing X to Y. It's just, it, it's happening that way. Hmm. Why is it that you, uh, why is it that you feel like it's, it can't be, I'm just curious, I'm just interested. So why is it that you feel like it can't be someone who's who's orchestrated these things and why do you think it's just these things that happen naturally in and of themselves yeah um because this is actually i've learned from the you know being in the group is that um if we are a reflection of of god you know mm -hmm. if we have if, if that's you know that we're some manifestation of god then we um then our doubts and fears and our worries and our concerns and the unknownness is also a reflection of god Hmm. every description of God is God knows everything, but how can God know everything and still know what it means to be unknown, you know, to not know. Yeah. And, and, um, and then the other question is, is like, does, uh, does, does Jesus know, did Jesus know what was going to happen to him? And, you know, and, and the answer is, you know, yes, according to the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and then, so then that case, does Jesus know the, the, the beauty and the love of learning? Mm. Because if you, how can you learn something if you already know it? Yeah. If you don't learn something, then you don't have the joy of, of learning something. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and it's interesting because I mean, there's different even like scholars that I know of who have even like um, debates on this topic. Where I know some scholars who debate on the idea that when like Jesus was born, he was still fully God and fully man, but like his he he had he like essentially went like in Philippians it talks about how um, at least in certain translations it says that you know Jesus was his so humility that like when he came down among us to say he gave up his divine privileges. And so some scholars have translated that to think that um, like literally he essentially forgot everything. It's, it's like this weird, you know, almost paradox, but like there is literally that process where it's like, he's literally learning, relearning to memorize the scriptures and relearning all that process. And so people debate all that. There's no, like, there's no dis- like decisive answer on it, but it's just always fascinating um, to me. And you mentioned something about the idea of, you know, the things of our unknowingness being qualities of God, but, you know, and I'm sure you'd know this being like in a men's group and stuff, but, you know, do you not think that that's just like a result of just the kind of world we live in? Cause it's like, at least in a Christian worldview, it's like the world that we live in um, is, is broken and it was, wasn't made that way. It was, it wasn't intended to be that way. And yet, part of the origin story was that we caused the brokenness within this world by choosing our selfishness um, and being tempted to do so. Um, and so it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just fascinating. I'd love to pick your brain some more. I think I, like, to me, what makes sense, if I were to say there's somebody in charge, then to me, we're more of a Petri dish that God put these things in, in you know, sprinkled some, you know, whatever's in a Petri dish and and we are now growing in all sorts of ways mm. but that doesn't mean he or she knows where we're growing we're going in in all sorts of different things and that to me would explain why there's pain and suffering because yeah. god would know that that would that would be there because we're this petri dish we're an experiment yeah now, i could actually get behind but that's not what what you know the general scripture says yeah no like yeah god knows everything and that that the pain and suffering is somehow part of the journey and Mm -hmm. so um i I just that then and then i just there's there's so many things where um uh things that we once thought were magical and miracle we now have very clear scientific reasons for how they happen or why they happen and so to me the more and this is where Maybe there is, maybe there, there is, a, you know, that idea that there's this connection between all sorts of things that when we can't see, I believe that I can get behind that hundred mm-hmm. percent, but we don't have the systems in place to understand it, but that's not being caused by somebody. That's the part. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many like things to dive into. Um, and I don't want to dive too into too quick and because it's not like a debate or anything. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to hear just like even like that, those ideas and that perspective. And I mean, there's things I could say, but it, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day for right now. Um, Cause really it's just like, it's about hearing you and your journey and your, and your story. And for me, I think the coolest thing is just the, like going back again to the community you've built in this, in these group of guys and the community you've built there. And I think that's just truly incredible that um, from what it sounds like, it just sounds like those guys are good news to you. Like it's like th- something you can look forward to going on Mondays. And I think that's just a really cool thing. Yeah. It's helpful. And, and I'll be honest, I think they would say this too, is that I've brought something to the group. Yeah. Like I, every Christian men's group should have an atheist in there. Mm, because, yeah. 
because what happens is, is, you know, it's like anybody who has a similar thoughts, you end up saying the same thing and seeing the same things. Mm. You don't have somebody who's like, wait a minute, I, I don't understand this. Help me understand this more. Yeah. I think, um, to, I'll say this to my credit. And this was actually, this was all me being really ingrained in purpose and really working at it. Cause this was not how I was. This was not me before this group or before the purpose was me just listening and trying to be in that, in that group um, with level of respect so that we can both, we can all be free that every, yep. I, mean, I was not there because I would have, I, I mean, I've, I've had debates, religious politics debates. That's what we did in our family. We, we debated stuff. And yeah. Uh, and so I learned to listen. And it was, now that I think about it, it was probably one of the first places where I really learned to listen to people who were different than me, just to listen and listen for our connections rather than listening for our differences in how mm-hmm. we can be wrong. Because that, that's, that's been most, most of my life. That's truly incredible. I love that. Um, so, you know, transitioning just a little bit. So what is it that you do for fun? Like what, what, when you're, when you got some free time and you want to have some fun, what is that you do? I go ski. You go skiing? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Go, go skiing, go mountain biking, um, uh, skiing the most. That's, that's what I, I grew up in the mountains and that's what I love to do the most. That's really cool. I, I love that. Um, that's awesome. So what is it that you, maybe it's in the past month, maybe past year or something. What's just something that you have been learning? Like what's something this past, I don't know, something, I guess something that's been big for you that you've just learned recently. Um, listening actually. Yeah. In, in, in Clubhouse has, has taught me this. Yeah. I, I have, it's been this, uh, uh, I am starting to learn the power that I, and the opportunity that I provide to people by listening to them rather than trying to tell them what to do. Yeah. I, and, and as a coach and as somebody who's opinionated and, and who has, who has spent a lifetime debating and stuff, I used to think having the answers was, you know, that's how you made friends was having the answers. It's, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's always, there's, it's the, the one thing that I've learned in my days is there's no matter what anyone says or what anyone does, there's always someone smarter who knows more, no matter what it is that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. and, and Clubhouse, uh, you know, just being in the rooms and listening and hosting rooms has taught me the power of just listening and holding space and, mm. and asking questions that are where you're, when you're present and with love and you, you don't have to skip over anything, but just by holding space for people that they can step into because then they can find their own path. And that's, mm. and it, it, it's amazing because people come up like, I love your rooms. Thank you so much. This, this whole, all these things I've always wanted. And I'm just thinking, I didn't say anything. I, all I did was listen. And that is really teaching me a lot. I am, um, I'm learning uh, how to recognize when I go from listening and really holding space to making a point. Mm. I have a, there's a physical, <laughs> you can be, I, to, I also understand you can physically, I think that's why I've always been a big advocate for like one of the biggest virtues I always preach about most is self-control. Um, and that's because that's because especially for me, I, I naturally also grew up in a house of opinionated people. So I kind of grew up in this world where it was like to, um, I grew up in just this world of just 
uh, everyone around myself, it's always about, you know, being opinionated and, and who can argue the best and who can be intellectually superior. So, so now, and these days, no matter what I'm hearing, I can, I can respond to anything. There's not an argument in the world. I can't try to conjure up an answer and a defense for, and I've learned that there's so much more power in just being self-controlled and just listening and not always having to give a response. And instead the biggest power comes when you, with the best or the power it falls into the hands of the person who uh, says less rather than the person who says most. Yeah, or the way I put it is that whatever you have to say probably isn't going to make the biggest difference for that person. Mm, yeah. Their own path and doing their own steps and their own yep. activities. Yeah, and I think that's just because people, you know, pe when people are ready to hear something, they'll ask questions. You know, I've never been in a scenario where someone's life was changed by me telling them something they weren't, they didn't want to know, you know? And I think at any point, even if someone walked away with something they didn't want to hear, and I think that's a different context. Like if it's a friendship and they, t you have to tell them something they don't want to hear, but that, you know, that's a friendship relationship, but in, in a, in a stranger relationship where you're just talking to a total stranger, uh, I've never had a time where someone it just heard something they didn't want to hear. And that's what changed their life. It's it's most people when they want to change is because their heart's at a place where they're asking questions. And so they're seeking answers. Um, and then in that seeking is when they find, you know, that's when they, they change their minds or they look for whatever or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, in, in this year, COVID has taught me that because when you're giving people lots of information, like as a coach uh, or, you know, as a leader or manager, when you're giving people lots of information, you're just piling more on top of a person mm. that probably already has too much. Yeah. You know, you're just piling, you know, crud on crud. Uh, and so what this year has taught me and what COVID, you know, uh, clubhouse has taught me is just the real power of, I, I sent now the vast majority of my coaching now is once we figure out a person's who they are at the core, you know, love, love. And there's, five main ones love joy happiness excitement and freedom and um and once we figure out who they are at the core then it's a lot of questions like how can you help yourself experience more of that and how can you help others mm. and, and and then and all they do is they build up their, their muscles and and it makes me feel like i'm not coaching a lot because i talk less and i just ask questions more mm. what really what's happening is they're building up and they're developing their own systems and habits and routines and help them experience more of themselves rather than me trying to say, here are the five steps to eternal happiness or, you know, something like that. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. So uh, one last question as we kind of get ready to transition and um, kind of close things off for today. Uh, what is, or actually two questions. One is when you look at the world today, and you look at the problems that we're facing, like in this country specifically, maybe not the world, because I don't think anyone really has is that is that culturally aware that they know what the world needs right now. But for at least the country and the place that you live in, what is it that you feel like people need? What is that this country or where you're at? What is what do just people need more of or less of? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say what they need more. I don't know what they need more or less of, but I, I will say, can I say the conversation I think we ought to have so that we can. Yeah. Actually get oh, that yeah. Because I, I don't know those answers. I think we need to ask ourselves, what does life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all actually mean? Mm. What does it mean? Yeah. That's the purpose of our country. Mm -hmm. That's now we, we have, we said that 
and it was written by people who probably didn't intend it to be true. Hmm. You know, most of the, you know, the founders were slave owners and, and, and definitely not including women in that. Like they were not, they were intending it to be life living pursuit of happiness for all white men. That was the intention, all hmm. white property owning men. But the fact is that they wrote it. They wrote life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and then for all parts kind of included in that. That's what they wrote. They didn't even, I don't even think they even understood the power of what they were writing. Yeah. I, I almost, sometimes I always wonder that because I feel like with how vaguely they wrote it, I almost wonder if they left room for where things could, like, it's almost like this moment, like, you know, it's like, uh, I think there was something beautiful about how the number of the amount of people that came together and, on, and wrote on that. Cause it was almost like, cause I've, I love history. I'm a big history nerd. And I've always wondered if like, even in their context, if they were only writing it to benefit themselves, they would have put more parameters around it. And even if they didn't have an idea of what it could become, it's like, well, let's leave this beyond ourselves and like i don't know that's something i've always always wondered well, there's a, uh, there's a, oh, i forget the professor's name a, a professor out of stanford she did a really really interesting talk about how happiness in the time of the founders meant much more of a collective happiness mm. not so much an individual happiness yeah think about it they were a very small people a very few number of people fighting the biggest army in the world in the English army. They were on this continent. They had no idea they were fighting the, the native Americans that were there. Yeah. They, the idea of you like, I'm going to go be happy by myself in the woods. That means you died. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would mean, I mean, just individuality, which a lot of people don't understand that individuality is a relatively new concept. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all, it's not life, liberty, and the pursuit of individual happiness. It's mm -hmm. much more of a communal happiness. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I say that I think we should all be talking about this is because this is how we actually work on uh, organizations. When, and Simon Sinek actually is, the, you know, he's, he's leading, he's one of the, the people who's leading this. When you want to work, if there's an organization that is, and I'm sure you've been, you've had this, where you, the, the organization says we're about one thing, but they act in a way that's not consistent with it. Yeah. And you know how frustrating that is. You know oh yeah, how awesome that is. You know how ang you know it just makes it angry. Yeah, it makes people fight against each other. And, and what there is to do, if you're in that situation, if you're a consultant, you're going to come in and say, okay, what is this company really about? And you're going to go back and figure out what that is, and then you're going to go out and analyze. Here's where we're doing that, and here's where we're not. And you're going to talk mm. to a bunch of people. You're going to get feedback, and you're going to develop a plan to create to reconnect with who you originally are. Mm. You know, basic uh, change management, um, basic uh, restructuring or uh, organizations. Nothing. It's not complicated. I mean, mm. it's hard work, but it's not. It's very common thinking. And it's the same thing for a country. Like, when was the last time you had a conversation with someone and you said, "Hey, what does life, living, pursuit of happiness for all mean to you?" Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had that conversation with someone. Yeah. So we, we were like, we're all about this stuff, but we don't know what it means. We've never lived in a country where it was actually, we made an effort to have life, living, pursuit of happiness for all. Yeah. Never been, we've never tried. I, I don't even know if it's possible. Yeah. Or we have, or people have tried, but two, two different people have, have subconscious interpretations of what that means. So yeah. it's like, we've never tried. I mean, we had 400 years of slavery. Yeah. And had you know Jim Crow, then then um, you know it, you know it, like we've never 
never have, we have never fully tried to live in a country of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for all. Women couldn't yeah. vote, gays couldn't marry. You know, like, well, don't you think that by those things very happening, even if it wasn't explicit and explicit conversation, those would be a reflection of of pursuing that. So it's like abolishment of slavery is an attempt to create life, liberty, and happiness for all people. And then it's further moving forward. When they give them, they're no longer three fourths of a person. It's they're a whole person who can vote. And then it's women who can vote. And it's like these things. So it's like these things are a result of people trying to, without even having the explicit conversation, define and pursue what that means. But maybe it's like even what you're talking about, it's like, well, maybe let's start having the explicit conversation and defining these terms and, you know, all that, all that conversation. Yeah. And and again, this is exactly what you do if you were, if you were, you run a business or organization and you, and the, the organization wasn't working the way you wanted to, you would bring in a consultant, pay a bunch of money and they would ask, okay, tell me about who you are at your core. Let's, let's get back to that. Let's see where we're not doing that and see where we are. And, and how we can create that. And that conversation isn't being had at, mm. at, a, at our level. Yeah. And it may be possible. It may also be that the words life, living, pursuit of happiness for all are so tainted because we haven't f- fulfilled on it that we need to change those words. Mm. If that happens, that'd be totally cool. But those are the words that we have right now. Yeah. And then plus it's almost, almost creates the impossibility of it happening because the moment you try to even change those things, you're going to have another side that's like, no, we hold on to these things. And that's, you know, getting the, it gets in the liberals and conservatives and they just, it creates, continues to create so much tension um, because of this lack of vision for a lack of better words or purpose. Um, so I think everyone ought to sit down and, and have conversations. Like, and the coolest thing is you can have it with the most, it's in America. This is, again, this is for America. Uh, as far as I can tell, you can have this conversation with anybody. Yeah. Left, right, up, down. It doesn't matter. What does life, living the pursuit of happiness for all mean to you? Mm. What it means to me. What do you think stands in the way? Let's talk about what it actually means and what it would look like if we actually created it. Mm. Yeah. And because no one, every, we all, we say we want it, but we aren't living it. Yeah. We have to me, and then when we figure that out, then we can start to ask the questions like, well, what do we need to put in place to make that happen? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. So the next question I have uh, as we get ready to to transition out, and thank you again for jumping on, man. I've loved having this conversation and picking your brain and just kind of hearing life from your perspective. It's just been so fascinating and and encouraging. Uh, And one of the things, and this one's just more practical for just listeners, um, as you've, you've grown up atheist and you've grown up and cause you're in California, right? Um, so you're, so you're in California and you're, you kind of experience life almost at least to one part of the country. It fe- it's would feel like you're experiencing life on a whole different side of the world, but it's, uh, uh I, was, I was born in Detroit. So I, okay. I, my roots are Midwest. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Detroit, but I spent my first 10 years and I still, when people ask, I say I'm from Detroit. So I, I do have those. I, I'm not fully California. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it rubs, rubs off. Yeah, on that's cool. So but uh, so my question for you is, what is it as someone who's grown up like atheists? What is it that um, Christians could do better in terms of and being able to engage someone who may be atheist or just I mean, if I just said in general, man, that would that'd be a whole nother word. I, I'd have a lot thrown out bucket <laughs> uh, in terms of someone, someone like yourself, what is it that you feel like either? And I guess you can phrase it two ways, either. What is something that 
Christians have done well, because maybe you can reflect on that from your, like, your men's group, for example, or maybe even just thinking it more um, generally speaking, what is something that Christians can do better in terms of engaging others? I'll ask you this. What does being a Christian mean to you? Yeah. So for me, so for me, what I believe um, the Bible teaches at its most basic fundamental truth is that being a Christian is loving God with all of your everything so that you can love others and prepare the world for when Jesus returns. So. Okay. And so I would share that. Hmm. And, and let me ask you this in what, in, in that, uh, cause here's the funny part. I, when I went and talked to my, when I first joined my men's group, I asked this question, well, what does being a Christian mean to you? And we went around the table and everyone said just like that, an answer that was very, um, very compelling, very interesting, but everybody's answer was different. Mm. And I was like, that's awesome. You guys all have different answers. You all have your different, your own um, uh, individualized relationship to uh, being a Christian. Yeah. And, but the funniest part was like, no, 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 no. We're all saying the same thing. <laughs> I was like, but you're not. <laughs> you're saying yeah. you said one thing, and he said this, and you know he said that. And so there's this very interesting thing. I think the question is, is what does it mean to be a Christian, and how does being a Christian um, feed your purpose? You know, in my, you know, feed feed you. Like, and where are you fulfilling on that, and where are you not fulfilling on that? Mm. You're I'm guessing you're not perfect, and. And totally. I'm like, I'm like next thing to Jesus, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think if people really start to explore, like, what does being a Christian mean to me? And how, how has this, how does this contribute to my life? Where, you know, where am I being, where am I fulfilling on that? Where am I struggling with it? And have those conversations. I think there's actually a lot more connections because as far as I can tell the Bible, it's the original self-help book. Mm. You know, like, and I, I don't mean to be flippant about it, but there's a ton of wisdom. Oh, no. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I don't know if, I mean, you, you wouldn't have, maybe you would have read it. I don't know. I don't know what you read, but there's a, a fascinating book um, called Humilitas, and it's by this like kind of historical scholar. And he goes on to explain how like Christianity and especially like the, the, you know, Hebrew and now also Christian scriptures um, was the first ancient text to promote humility as a positive thing. Um, there, and the church was, and I just know this as a history nerd, the church was the world's first humanitarian organization. So it's like, we're the, like, there's so many revolutions and ways that the, the Christian influences like flip things. And that's why, like, as you say, it's like, it's one of the original self-help books. It's one of the very original things that is designed to change and to shape a person for an objective goal. And for us, that's the objective goal is to become more like Jesus, who we believe, uh, is God. Um, and so, yeah. And, and I, I think there's great wisdom in just like, you know, to me, Jesus is love. Yeah. Like Jesus' purpose is about love. Yeah. It, like, and so how can I bring more love to this, but here, um, uh, can I share my in interpretation of purpose and religion? Absolutely. You go for it, man. That's what I love. Here's how I, uh, um, uh, here's how I look at when I, cause I work with people of great faith. Like mm -hmm. I work with people of all sorts. Um, and when we're having conversations with faith, this is how I see purpose at it, is that, uh, you know, the, the scripture teaches us that we are made in the image of God, mm -hmm. but we are not God. I think we can, we can agree on that. Yeah. yeah. So that means we are some sliver, some micro sliver of God. Mm. And so to me, 
what and, and that that our purpose is that little sliver of God's light shining through us. The little bit of God's light that comes through us, or our you know, think of it like a prism. Like God's light gets down and fun, what funnels through us, that's our purpose. Yeah, that's love or joy, that thing at our core is love or joy or happiness. And so what there is to do is to clean off that prism and allow for us to be able to experience more of that thing of us and to help others experience more of it. Yeah. So that, uh, so whatever your purpose is, that's, that's God's light shining through you. Mm. And here's the real kicker of it. If God's light is shining through you, that means it's shining through me. It means it's shining through everybody. Mm. As you go out, maybe what there is to do is not to look so much for the God's light in you, but to look for God's light in other people. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful for, especially just hearing it from your perspective. Um, I don't know if this like helps. I'm the kind of person, like I love taking in knowledge from all these, from different sources and all this stuff, mainly because I like, I really love, and you sound like you're the same way. I love themes and picking up on, I'm really gifted at like picking up on connections and like I hear things and they kind of piece things together. And I just love illustrations and stuff like that. But um, one of the things that I thought was so fascinating about what you said, and you talk about like you know, God's like coming through, through a person, that's almost a reflection of their purpose. Um, so what the, like what the Bible teaches is like when someone believes in Jesus, um, you know, cause Christians believe in the, that God is one being in three persons and, uh, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. And they believe that, you know, so you can break down the roles of the, of God and three persons, you can break it down their roles into one sentence, or at least this is how I've, I've comprehended it. Um, and it is that the will of the father is carried out by the obedience of the son through the power of the spirit. And so it's like the will of God, of the father, Jesus, when he lived on earth, he carried that out. And, but he only did that through the power of God, the spirit. And so what was interesting was when Jesus, and this is the, you know, this is an interesting, but I love, I just love history and I love studying from different historians. And even like one of my best friends is an atheist and he's a historian as well. And so one of the things that we love talking about is um, just the reflections on Jesus as like the historical person who existed and lived and was a uh, Judaic, you know, rabbi and stuff like that. And so what was so cool was that like when he died and um, historically when Christians believe, when Christians believe that he rose again and 500 their people saw him and stuff, what's interesting is when he ascended into heaven, uh, he sent the Holy Spirit, God, the spirit down to be the helper and live within the individual believer and so what's so interesting is that's like the whole pur- purpose of that was teaching that that you cannot do like the whole purpose of humanity was to, you know, in page one of Genesis was to reign over the earth and to be fruitful and multiply and to reflect and govern over the earth as a reflection of the means how God governs over the heavens. And we were to do that over the earth and reflect his character through us, whatever. So but the point is that I'm trying to make is that. What's so interesting is that one of the core things that is taught, especially in scripture, is that people can't, we can't accomplish these things within ourselves. Like we, we always will fall short. It's always going to fall short. And it's always going to be, there's always, it's going to be just, it's going to be right, but just not quite perfect or whatever. And so we fall short and we have the temptations of of selfishness, but the spirit, and this is where that prism idea came in is like the spirit of God comes in and kind of like fills that gap. And in the most unheretical way possible, it's like the idea is for the believer to become Jesus. And, the, and like, literally like you fill that gap of like the will of the father is now carried out by you. 
through the power of the spirit. And so what the spirit does is it, it reflects and it produces love and it produces joy and it produces all these things. And I think this is so beautiful and how that ties in with this idea of how you see like a prism and how it's that, that light and it shines through. And, you know, there's just so many connections that I, I, I enjoy. And I just think they're fascinating um, to connect them together in that way. But um yeah, sorry, I got on rabbit trail. It's just like, I let my brain's like firing. Well, it, actually, it actually got me thinking because one of my proudest moments was I was quoted in uh, a Sunday sermon. Nice. And I, and I, it was, I, I show up on, on the Monday and, and the people are like, did you hear, did you hear? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like uh, John, the, um, uh, the, the priest, he, he, um, he quoted me in his Sunday sermon. And because mm. I've been, you know, quoting articles and that you know you know I, yeah. imagine, I never ever imagined being quoted in a Sunday sermon <laughs> but what he was quoting is because I had this question is like I hear a lot about me and God you know I hear you know that me yeah. is you know, you know the individual and God but what I don't hear a lot about is we and God mm. yes because that idea there that the Holy Spirit fills us up and then that that we become you know become closer to Jesus by filling it out I actually like the idea of like, Jesus, if you have a sliver of God and I have a sliver of God and, you know, they have a sliver of God and they have a sliver mm -hmm. of God, by getting all these people together, we have more slivers. Yeah. And that's a better depiction of what God would look like. Yeah. All of these people. And so I think there could be, um, and again, you asked about what could Christians do is the, is the idea that maybe it's this connection of all people coming together is actually when we start to see God because mm. that's yeah. that's when all all the slivers of God are you know for all yeah and which is so beautiful about that is like that is more reflective of the mindset of a person in the first century Israel when they would have like writ, wrote these scriptures when they were wrote and penned these letters that is more reflective of their cultural mindset because like I said individualism is a rel is a fairly new concept and even when it was first brought up by Plato and Aristotle it was a widely rejected idea because people didn't have a concept of what that would mean and we have ideas from it and like in in scripture and you in these reference to it but we have capitalized on it way more today and in the scriptures they would have a much more tribunal mindset than uh, we do today. They have much more of like what you were talking about this. It's much, it's, that's why um, uh, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, this is why almost all the time the church is referenced. It's never you, it's we. <laughs> this is why Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece, not you are God's. I mean, you, it's great to like tell someone like you are God's masterpiece. It's super, you know, super, you know, positive thinking, but like the more cultural mindset is that, oh, it's we, we are this, we are that we are together and we form. That's why it says we are the body of Christ. Like one person is, is, is we form the body together. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, in, with the whole, you know, in rugged individualism of America, it gets mm -hmm. in the way of that. It is a that yeah. whole idea of the Lone Ranger and, and you know, John Wayne. And, you know, John Wayne was had, you know, Jesus had his 12 guys and John Wayne had a makeup artist and a PR artist. And a, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he was not himself, but we yeah. tend to think like I need to be, and I do this. I have to, I have to work on myself. I need to figure this out. Uh, you know, I will figure myself out. Then I'll go talk to people about, about mm. it. But the fact is, is that we can only do things together. That's and so true. Maybe, and maybe we, maybe by seeing, 
instead of looking for the differences in each other, we look for what is God's light shining through. Next time you're arguing with somebody, if you have a debate, just try to think of like, there's God's light's coming through there somewhere. And it's mm. up to you to find it. It's not up for that person to show it. It's up to you to find it. Mm. That's hard. Right? Uh, yeah. And that's such a great thought too. Um, man, I could just keep talking to you because there's so many of the different trails I'd want to go off on. But I have a question though. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up on Easter. Yeah. This is what my, this is what my men's group really taught me. Easter is the day that you kind of re Christians re up. Yeah. This is like, because up until Easter, Jesus is a, um, you know, he's a good guy, a good guy doing lots of work, but now he gets resurrected. Like this is the, you know, this is where without this day, without this, you you don't have Christianity. That's very true. (laughs) And, and so I have a lot of, um, and as far as we know, he's the only man ever to rise from the dead. Yeah. Right. So well, the, technically, I mean, he technically, well, I guess technically he rose other people from the, like Lazarus and stuff, but in terms of within yeah, themselves. Yeah. Yes. So this is a big day. And that's, and that's and to me, this is probably the most confronting moment of, of being, uh, of being a Christian. You can either just say, Oh yeah, it happened, but yeah. you really think about it and to really own it, it takes something. Yeah. And I'm curious how that, how that plays out for you. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, Easter is, and it's so, cause even being a history nerd, it's always fascinating wondering when was actually the day that original Christians celebrated Easter. Cause then you have the whole, like, you know, Roman takeover. Anyways, that's a whole nother history topic. But um, for me, the day that, you know, we choose to celebrate that Jesus rose from the grave and Easter and stuff like that for me, I mean, it is like you said, it is the end all be all. That's like the day you go. I, for me, it's not as much as like, not as much as a re-up as you would say, like a new year's resolution kind of thing. For me, it's way more of a, this is like the Super Bowl kind of thing. Like this is like the, this is like the, this is like uh, every Sunday I'm kind of excited about church, to, but that's just because I live in a, I guess, I don't, I mean, I don't mean this in a prideful way, but I just can, I would say I would just live in a more mature Christian mindset. Like there's a lot of growth has happened in my life and my life is now more about teaching what God has put on my heart and teaching it to other people rather than just trying to consistently grow myself, which I guess we're always trying to grow ourselves, but you know what I mean? Um, and so anyways, but for me, it's like every Sunday is always about, you know, always celebrating why we're together, why we're doing this. But Easter is like, that's the day you go hardest. Like, it's like, that's the day I was like, man, I is the most exciting day. And for me, it's always using that day as the ultimate reminder for why we do this and what we're looking forward to. And also is the biggest challenge to say like this excited uh, we are for this day is how excited you should be every single day of your life. It should just be a reminder that like, oh yes, I need to be this amped up, this excited, this convicted, this sure every single day. This is why I'm carrying this to show this excitement. Like I say, people are attracted to what they're missing out on. And I think if you really want to be effective, whatever it is you believe, if you want to convince, convert someone to atheism or Christianity or Buddhism, or I don't care what it is you believe, the only effective way in this generation that you're going to convince someone of your beliefs is by living in a way that teaches them they're missing out on something if they don't think the way that you think. And so for me, it's like, this is the reminder for Christians. It's like, it's the reminder that like every single day you should be living to help help others understand they're missing out on something if they don't have Jesus. And so for me, Easter is just like, it's the day it is. It is why without, like you said, without this, there's no Christianity. <laughs> um, so for me, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate celebration. Yeah. It was really interesting when I, when I really, because I, I never, Easter was just another holiday for me. It was like, you know, another time to go skiing, 
but in the men's group, I was like, oh, this is the day you think someone rose from the dead. Yeah. And he's the only person ever to do it. Yeah. You have to, you know, I think there's some mental gymnastics there to figure out like, okay, this happened to be able to say this happened. Mm. That ownership is, um, I I developed a lot of sympathy for Mm. the challenge, the difficulty of that. Yeah. that, uh, that is another thing that I learned out of the men's group. That's um, really cool. Uh, just being able to be like, okay, this is a big day. I have, I give a little bit of space to, to Christians and I, and I honor the fact that it's a much bigger day than say Christmas. Yeah, um, it, it should be. Yeah. Your, 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 uh, I think your, your spiritual practice. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is definitely the oldest Christian holiday because Christmas didn't come around until way later. Um, at least in terms of when Christians celebrated Christmas or yeah. Um, but it didn't come around until way later. Chris, the, uh, the Easter, um, came, was the very, they are always celebrated from day, from year one, they were celebrating that. And that's also because it also coincides with Passover. Um, and so that comes in the idea, like, that's the reason why not only are Christians celebrating Jesus's resurrection, but they're, but Hebrews are celebrating Passover and that's because there's this very beautiful illustration of the Passover lamb. And this is why that's why they celebrated the last supper was on Passover. And it's because Jesus came and he took, and he, we believe that he symbolically took the place of the sacrificial lamb that would have taken over for Passover. Um, when Jesus, when Mo, when Moses and the Hebrews were liberated from slavery in Egypt and um, that he came and just as that lamb was sacrificed to protect the people of, of Israel and that blood was uh, shed for their sins and all this other stuff that was foreshadowing of Jesus when he became the, the Passover lamb and, you know, was sacrificed on our behalf so that we could be liberated from the brokenness and the selfishness within our heart. And that we could be then empowered through God to prepare this world for when Jesus returns. Um, and so, yeah, no, I appreciate that question. It's a beautiful question. And it's, it's for all of us, it's a, it's the biggest day. It's like, it's, it's like, fourth of july for a you know someone who worships america i don't know yeah so i appreciate it so thanks for thanks for and i actually didn't know that that uh last supper was a passover meal yeah well again joey thank you so much for coming on here i really hope that at the very least like you felt encouraged like you just felt like it was a, it was a conversation where someone really wanted to know you and was interested in you for you being you and you feel and knowing what it is that you do and just learning more about you. And I feel, I really hope that it was an encouraging experience and I was grateful to have you on. And, and I know my listeners will be thankful to have had you on and to hear your perspective. I, no, I appreciate it. It was a, it was a good talk. I appreciate uh, the opportunity and yeah. And I, you know, I think, you know, I, to me, if you're, if your faith is a big part of your life, then I, I want to help you have a stronger faith. Mm. That's that because that's going to be um a, that's going to help you be more of you whatever that you know whatever that is for people that don't have a stronger faith we have a slightly different conversation but it's still the same thing i want them to be whoever they are at their core and how to be more of that mm. and if faith helps you with that you know i'm all for it mm. that's so cool 